0: Hey, church family! Uh, we're here to bring you our very first episode of the Life on Point podcast. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm a, the well, digital producer here, and with me today, we got a couple of uh, very interesting guys.
1: <laughs> well, he's interesting.
2: You're pretty interesting, Darren.
1: You can say that. Well, my name's Darren, <laughs> as he said it, and I am the uh, the media pastor here at uh, Connected Point Church. And this is
2: I'm Michael, and I'm the young adults pastor here at Connection Point.
0: Yeah, so with that, we're going to bring, we're basically going to talk about like sort of basically the young people in the church, and by that we mean basically 18 to 30, and we just kind of discussed that, and kind of, that's kind of the, the base of that age where people tend to drop off completely from church, and how there's this almost void in the basically Christendom, and that's basically our goal at CPC is to reach that group specifically, yep. and that's why we got Michael, because Michael's, as he said, is is basically our pastor over that, and he's also... Basically, we're bringing in, or we have just over the last year, our four one, which is basically the ministry designed for that age group. So he's here to basically tell us the origins of four one, and just you know, bring the general discussion about that whole, yeah, you know, age demographic and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, um, for those of you that don't know, I've been on staff since about this time last year and a big part of the reason for that is because my wife Bethany and I when we started coming to CPC just as members of the congregation that was just something that we noticed there was a gap when you walk into this church it's an incredible church it's a great church I love being a part of this uh, CPC church family but you walk in and you kind of see like there's this great kids ministry over here right and then Mm -hmm. there's you see all these things about the point and we have this great student ministry and we have wonderful you know, Sunday morning experiences for, for the rest of our congregation as well, but we noticed that there just didn't seem to be anything for that once you get out of the youth group age. It, because in, in my experience and other churches and other places that I've been um, involved in, there was this feeling sometimes when you come out of the youth group, you feel too young to just go straight into the Sunday morning service. You feel too nervous. You're like, what a, you know, if, if I don't have as many of my friends around and things like that. But then also you're too old you feel to hang out with the youth kids anymore. So mm-hmm. you kind of just wind up in this weird Midpoint where you don't really know what to do. And I've found that a lot of times, um, I don't know if you guys identify with this, but sometimes when you don't know what to do, you just don't do anything. Right. Because you just yeah. kind of freeze. And so just kind of, as you were alluding to earlier, Zach, um, I think a lot of people kind of, for lack of a better way to put this, kind of fall off the path there because they just don't know what to do. And I think that's why we have a lot of people that will – you know, go off to college or whatever, and if they don't have a solid foundation, if they don't have a, a solid sense of who they are in Christ, yep. they can get filled with all kinds of different ideas or whatever, and then all of a sudden, they're as far away from God as they've ever been. And so, we really saw that there was a a bit of a gap there. There was nothing, you know, after the student ministry that was for a specific age group, and so we. Really began to to pray about that and see like you know what can we do uh, to help in that area. We got really involved with the with the student ministry as well on Wednesday nights. Me and my wife we love the point so much, but we were really trying to figure out like what can we do to kind of help bridge that gap. Little did we know the church as a whole was trying to address that problem as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, I'll address that since I was a pastor yes. at that point. But the lead pastor, Pastor Chris, and myself and a lot of us had discussed ad nauseum a lot about that age group. We didn't really know what to do. Yes. Um, And we had been praying for somebody to come along who could be the face of that. And lo and behold, the Lord brought us Michael. So you're a godsend, Michael. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So yeah, there was a huge point of emphasis for us as far as a desire to reach that that age group because we all know there's a major void there. Yeah. Um, I wasn't raised in church, so I kind of skipped that whole age group. I didn't come into the faith till I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, I think he started out in the church a little bit, fell out, came back when in your twenties?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was weird. Cause I actually got saved at, at, I think it was 24, but I didn't go to church and for like two or three years. So even that it was like 27 or so before I came back.
1: So everybody's life experiences are different when it comes, but by and large, we there was uh, some data points that came up um, that kind of emphasized the importance of that age group. And it was the Pew Research Center uh, did a uh, survey, and and the survey's like three hundred thousand people, so it's not like it's some you know two hundred people and you're I mean, going to come. Up.
0: Pew is legit, yeah.
1: yeah. So this was the data they came out with. I literally sent this to Chris the first time I saw it, it and Pastor Chris, he's our lead pastor here, at Connection Point Church and um, it's, it's shocking is what it is. Uh, currently, right now, 31% of children raised as Christians, that is defined as attend a weekly service, become unaffiliated, in other words, fall away from the faith, between 16 and 19. 31% of them who are raised in a church fall away completely from, from Christianity. Um, of those raised unaffiliated, like me, uh, become Christians between 16 to 29. So 21% become Christians between that ages of 18 and 30, where 31% of those raised in church fall away. Here's the scary part. For net loss will result in an America that is less than 30% Christian by the year 2070. And so here in the next 35 years or so, 40 years, um, this country will be largely non-christian mm. and so and that is should shock people or should worry people a little bit um because we're failing somewhere that's what that tells me we're we're dropping the ball somewhere yeah. and so that's why your ministry isn't so important to us and we believe it's so important to yeah. to the uh, what we're trying to do here and just in general the kingdom of god you know trying to um, to reach a group of people that is for only word I can use is forgotten. They seem to have been forgotten because I really think the reason churches struggle with that age group, because we don't know what to do with them because most pastors are either, or usually in their fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Lead pastors are, so they really aren't connected to that age group very well. And then they have a children's pastor, right? And then they have the youth pastor who's usually the age of the person that you're trying to reach. But And it seems to be just where it's been stuck for man for for decades. But anyways.
2: Yeah. And I think that this is probably true in a lot of areas of life, but especially as a young adult, they are looking for community so much. Oh yeah. They are they are looking for a place where they feel like they belong. They're looking for a place where they feel like they're accepted. Um and I think that More often than not, and I'm just going to be completely blunt and honest here, Um, more often than not, for probably a a litany of different reasons, young people tend to shy away from church because they feel judged. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they feel like there are so many different um, viewpoints on how church should look. And there's a lot of different traditions and there's a lot of different things that people hold very dear as it it pertains to church. And so a lot of times I will see young people who don't feel like they fit that mold, who don't feel like they fit those standards, so to speak, and they feel like when they walk into a church, everyone is just staring at them, judging them for how they dress, how they talk, how they look at the world. How that, and and don't get me wrong. I am not saying that we need to just accept every single viewpoint that every every person has, let alone every young adult. I'm not saying that the goal shouldn't be to help them strive to to be better, to be closer to Jesus, to you know grow into the person that God has called them to be. But sometimes I think that that judgment that they feel in that moment can deter them so quickly from being able to receive what Jesus has for them in that moment. Um, and we as the church, we got to be careful. Oh yeah, We got to be careful with, with how we treat, um, especially that age group, but any new person coming in because um, sometimes they're not going to look like us, act like us, dress like us, you know, in, in, in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So um, if we are so caught up in, what we think a person should be wearing or what we think, a per- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that can really uh, be detrimental to building the proper relationship with them.
1: And this is going to seem pointed, but it's not. Um, I just looked across the table and you talked about clothes and I looked at your hat and I know, I know there's a lot. There's a whole generation of people that wearing a hat inside, much less in a church, much less on the platform of a church is like mind blowing. It's, completely um against every common value that they think. Now, people have to understand, and I and you're not we're not sitting here trying to be controversial, trust me. But Yeah, I didn't
2: like, know we were going in this direction. Of course you did. But we're here. We're here. So now so, <laughs> we roll. This is Darren, so
1: this is what Darren does. And um and so I've always we've had that thought, we've had that conversation a few times. Um, people have to understand culture changes greatly every generation and, uh, what was acceptable in the, in the nineties, in the seventies, in the fifties and so forth and so on is different now. And for instance, if you were, went to a ball game, a baseball game in the sixties and early seventies and all the way back, if you went with your father to a ball game, a professional ball game, if you went to a Cardinal game. St. Louis Cardinals, if you we're here in Missouri, and if you went up to the St. Louis Cardinals and watched Cardinals play, you wore a suit and tie. And, um, and, and that was what was common for everybody to wear to a baseball game up until like 1968, even into the early 70s, kind of depending on who you were. But now, literally no one goes to a ball game. The owner of the team doesn't wear a suit, much less the fans. And so times change. Um, and, and we and we're based, a lot of the things that that we're alienating people for are for cultural changes and that can't that cannot because we can have the greatest thing in the world to offer and we do it's called Jesus right that is the greatest thing out there the greatest um, um, gift we can give anybody is the gift of Christ the message of Jesus the message of the gospel but if they won't listen to it because we are predisposed to, alienate them because of how they dress, what they wear, how they look, what they say, their, their lingo, any of those things. I mean, we're literally taking away the very thing that we're called and code to give. And it's, and it's, so you got the greatest gift in the world, but nobody's going to receive it. If you don't, if you don't allow them to receive it yeah. and we don't, we, that's been the history of the church for a really long time. And, uh, cause I saw it as a, when I was an atheist, um, and when I'd go to church, um, uh, when I was in my early 20s, mid twenties, more because um, I wore do rags and had like eight earrings back in nineteen eighty seven, and so you ever think about bringing that look back? <laughs> you should. It's not happening. And uh, wear that on the platform. <laughs> that would go over well. And uh, and so it was. You got weird looks when you walked anywhere like that. And so I get it on some level. It should we normalize abnormal behavior? What's abnormal? No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right.
1: well, but it, go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, it, it seems like it's just we we have to differentiate because, like you said, the, the going from like all dolled up and you know your vest and your tie coming to a baseball game, and now you're wearing you know cargo shorts and the team's shirt. But like, I know there's just that weird association with by the, the the culture changing that that means also that somehow the truth is changing, and it's like, well, no, that doesn't change, no. and that's the thing we have to. Differentiate is like okay, we'll start. Yeah, you know, don't give the person with the dreadlocks the odd eyes because. But I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like somehow, when people get worried about that change, they assume that just because we're allowing this, that means like all of a sudden, like we're saying, oh, there's no hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like just be able to find that fine line where like we accept this because this is just a culture change, but we will never accept a whole. You know any kind of you know, that weird out stuff that changes yeah. who Jesus is and his role and his importance and everything. Yeah,
2: so one thing that I, I say to our young adults all the time at 4-1, and I hope that by now all of them know this in their hearts and understand it, is that I am I am always, always – going to tell you the truth about Jesus. I am always going to give you the word. I am always going to, we're not going to shy away from calling a sin a sin. We're not going to shy away from the truth. We're not going to shy away from from hard topics or, or tough things to talk about. But I am going to accept you for where where you're at right now and who you are right now. We're gonna talk about if there's things in your life that need to change. If there's things in your life that you know are holding you back from Jesus, regardless of what those are, we're gonna be honest about them. We're gonna be upfront about them. I'm gonna love you through it all, and we're we're gonna try our best to help you get better. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from what the truth is ever. And I don't want any of our young adults to ever do that. I want you to understand who Jesus is what the word says, and why and how it applies to your life. But inside of that, I'm not going to treat you any differently or love you any less depending on where you're at in in your life. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean,
1: The the, uh, young people today are influenced, have greater outside influences than we ever could imagine. I mean, you're quite a bit younger than me. You're younger than me by quite a bit as well. And there was been this major shift in communication. Oh hush! Calling looking <laughs> I was, at me. I wasn't gonna
2: say anything. Uh, <laughs>
1: you guys are all twenty years younger plus than me. We get it. But you look good th- though. There was a time where twenty years and difference in age did meant didn't mean things were drastically different for you. Um, now it's, it's amazing simply because of the change in the way things communicate or communicated in the way people attain and, and, and acquire information. It, whenever I was your age and a little bit before, when I was the age of the folks, you guys are, we're, tra- we're talking about the 18 to 30 year olds. I mean, we had the internet on some level, I mean, very limited. It was terribly slow. <laughs> it was, I mean, it wasn't even worth trying really. And, and so pretty much everything that you learned there was peer pressure, but it was literally like one-on-one peer pressure. It was whatever you had in your school, whatever you had, uh, whatever, if you went to college and those influences were, were, there. Um, but by and large, um, you didn't have that major obstacle, and and see, the church has a more difficult time today than we did even thirty years ago reaching this age group because not only do you have the kids that go to college and 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 can are taught different ideologies, uh, but and and back in my time, most of the guys that fell away from from God just you know they just grew they got busy with life, having got married, got a job, had babies, and and they didn't really you didn't see them come back till their till they had a, till their babies got a little bit you know, in children ministry age. yeah, And then all of a sudden they showed back up at church at like 35 years old with three kids. That's how it worked. And, um, but today is, is this thing with the internet and the communication gap is so large and, and between older people and younger people. Um, but the thing I'm really getting at is you're talking about truth. Um, what is truth now? Uh, we know the truth, right? Yeah. But um, with the internet the way it is, with information availability the way it is, um, you've heard me say this before, it's theology a la carte. People just kind of pick and choose what they want. Um, and there's so much access, they can just reach into the uh, the, the universe and grab out, the multiverse, and grab out whatever <laughs> ideas they want and kind of build their own little faith. Yeah. And so and it's really hard to communicate with those people because – there are so many supportive um, resources that will align with what they've came up with, and so the the difficulty of reaching that age group has 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 become exponentially more difficult in the last five to ten years.
2: Yeah, and and I think kind of off of what you just said, I think part of that comes from like their their willingness to reach in and grab something to latch on to comes from the fact that there's this there's this misconception. Um, that I hear a a lot that, if I'm being honest, is not my favorite thing to hear. It gets me kind of upset that people think that um, young people are just by nature lazy or uninspired or they don't care and they're completely apathetic. And I think that what it is is that it's not that they're lazy or apathetic. It's that they are not going to attach their passion to something that they don't feel is worthwhile. But once they find something that they're passionate about, they're all in on it. All in, yep. All in. And like I said earlier, they're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for a place to connect to. So when they find something that they feel like they connect to, they are all in and passionate about it, and it's very hard to, ch- to change their minds once they get there. And that's why it's important for us as the church to make sure they get a solid, biblical, truth-filled foundation to latch on to. Because if yeah. not, they'll go latch on to something that is not the truth, but they're going to latch onto it 1,000%. Yeah. You know, I, I see it in, in my young adults now. I, I love... Sitting back, and, and, I, and, I, and I tell them this all the time, I'm so proud of the young adults in this church. Um, when I see the light bulb go off, when I see the moment happen where it's like, oh, okay, they're, they're starting to get it. They're starting to figure this out because I, I see that passion ignite, and there's nothing as a pastor that makes me happier. There's there's nothing that makes that, that gets me out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like seeing that light bulb go off in their eyes where they're like, oh, this is real. This is for real, because then they start getting hungry. They start getting passionate. They start coming to me looking for, like, how can I serve? What can I do in the church? What can I do to help? Like, I, I see that stuff happen, and, man, it is it is so incredible to watch as a pastor and as, as someone who humbly gets to be, like, a part of their lives, but it's also why, it like— Bothers me when I hear people say, "Oh, young people don't care." Young people, but no, because I'm looking in the eyes of young people that care every single week. So you, you can't yep. tell me that that's not that's not the case. You
1: know, well, it should it's like more than just you because technically, I mean, that is the call of the church is to is, is to prepare this thing we call church or this Christian walk this to for that next generation. Yeah, um, it's like we've selfishly just kind of kept it to ourselves and have like. Because I know speaking as a Gen Xer or a, for the boomers, um, we have, um, (laughs) we've, we have have really, 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 really let that generation down. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. I always thought that and always felt that. Um, and the issue with that is, is like, again, um, we want, that is the generation is going to be the future leaders of the church. Now I will say, um, that. If we use this is where you know we are a church and this is we are pastors we can use the Bible every once in a while. There is the story of Elijah and Elisha, and the whole idea. And we we talk about you know mentoring and and uh, and helping the next generation out for various reasons. It's biblical Timothy with Paul so forth and so on. But I think there is a misconception there is with us old folks. We need to allow the young people to to infiltrate the to the various levels of your church so in leadership and in, in all the various different departments ministries whatever you want to call them and they need to have an input and they need to have a voice uh on on some level you know they had to earn that that's what i was kind of getting at because i think a lot of what young people need to understand uh, as well is that with elijah and elisha um, elijah was doing his thing yeah. all right and and he was doing what god called him elisha could have quit at any point all right i mean he was he was there, but uh, and but at any point, you know, he had many reasons why he could have went and walked away, um, but he didn't. He continued to to follow, um, in this case, the man of God, Elijah, and and so it's gonna it's not going to be easy. I mean, it takes some will on, on the side of young people, um, but at the same time, we can't be throwing up obstacles, and uh, and that's what I've seen ever since i became became a christian is i mostly see obstacles for young people to come to to the to the fullness of the knowledge of christ Because you rarely see a church that is open arms about placing a 23 uh, year old in the position of leadership over a large volunteer team it, it just doesn't happen very often almost always it'll be somebody in their at minimum in their mid to late 30s on into their 50s and 60s which that's fine as well. It just, to me, it's all about placing that right person. But if those people do not have an opportunity, if you do not raise up that generation, if you are not pouring into that generation, if you do not consider that generation, if you don't ever communicate to that generation in a, in a manner that is common to them, they're going to take you out. And, uh, and it it seems like we're kind of paying the cost of that right now. I'm not, the church is not completely fall for everything. The world is what the world is. The world's influence is what the world's influence is. But we, we have a heavy debt and uh, to me and, and, and I think what in all of that, it's like churches kind of have their own audience. Every church, you know, has an audience. And what I mean by that is it's like, they're geared toward reaching some grouping of, of the population I've never met a church, even though they may not define who they're going after, by and large, every church, you can go to a church on one side of town and they got one group of kind of people. You can go to church on this part of town or out in the country and it's all, it's pretty much the same type of people. Yeah, There's never been a church that I know of that their focus was 18 to 29, 30 years old. I've never seen one. And guess what? If you don't pay attention to a whole grouping of people, they don't care about you. Right. And so now I'm, it's unfortunate, but I think that's kind of where we are as a in this generation, this era of the church.
2: No, you're right, and I think that's um, that's why a lot of young people aren't walking in their calling yeah. today. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And as a church, you know, we should be focused on helping those individuals walk in their calling, which is really the entire heart behind 4-1. That's why it's called 4-1. If, if you don't know why uh, that name is there, it's based out of Ephesians 4-1, where Paul urges to live a life that is, is worthy of your calling. And so our whole goal, everything that we do, the whole focal point of this ministry is to help, pe- help young people identify their calling, identify the call of God on their life. What am I here for? What is my purpose? And then helping them walk that calling out because you can, you can tell a person that they have a calling all day. You can tell a person God's got a plan for their life all day. And like, that may be true, but if they leave and they don't understand what that means, they don't understand how to walk that calling out. Then you've really just given them information with no, uh, no direction, nowhere exactly. to go. And so we're we're here to help them kind of find that direction in their life and find those uh things they need to do to walk that path and get closer to God and 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 live out that purpose that he has for them.
1: No, that's 100% correct. That's it. Yep. really yeah, and and we know truth is uh as you were talking earlier is is, is a fading thing. Um, whenever you um whenever you're speaking to people, cause I've learned this I think a lot of people also think that they don't want to ask the hard questions or the deep questions. And I've, I've found that's completely untrue. I think a lot of times we pacify them with simplicity because to be honest, a lot of them don't have a faith and they don't have the foundation. So we do need a, to build that foundation, but their questions are rarely ever, never, ever foundational. Yeah. And we always had to bring them back to that. But the questions we're we'll always asked are the deepest, most uh, philosophical, things you can think about. And so we have to learn and and I know Michael does it really well, and we the church have to learn that they're always going to start out with these these really deep moral questions yeah. and want to know how we feel about it. So we have to somehow or another teach these things at the same time Lay foundation, yeah, and that's a very difficult thing to do. And to be honest, it's a
2: balance to yeah. find, and to
1: be honest, the entire church at this at this at this point in time in history, we're pretty biblically illiterate, and so um, as a even the church church by and large, most people know very little about the Bible, um, and so we we make that same we have that same balance to make in in the main church, but it's, it to me is even more more pronounced within with young people. Cause I literally, they've asked me some, some really cool questions. I love when they, they ask questions that nobody normally doesn't ask. And so I enjoy those things as yeah. a, as a person who like me I like <laughs> answering those questions, but, uh, and they, and they know, cause they had some real controversial things they want to ask. And by they want, we want allow them to ask those questions. We won't allow them to ask questions about homosexuality, about a gender, uh, the gender differences out there, about any of these, abortion, we, we just kinda go, we either like harp on them politically, or we don't talk about them, oh, shh, yeah. shh, we ain't gonna touch it, we don't wanna talk about anything. But people have those questions, that's the things they're being asked yeah. about in school, and college, uh, out—that's what the internet is telling them. One of the things they learn, uh, they're learning on the internet is we are narrow and have, uh, and we uh, and we aren't uh, aren't cons- we have we're an old school philosophy from an ancient book from an ancient culture that has no relevancy in in, in this era, and so it's a very difficult um, age group to reach, and uh, and so and that's one hundred percent why you're brought on board because. I'm well, glad somebody's gifted to do it. It's uh, yeah.
2: it's difficult. Well, using your word, you say it's, it's it's difficult, and I think the difficulty comes from um, we have been conditioned in church for a long time. And again, I'm just going to be honest. Yep, we have been conditioned to just put band aids on stuff. Oh yeah, we've just been conditioned to have a band aid theology. Just pray about it. Yep. Just uh, like you know, that's usually
1: our answer. We'll be praying about and it. Don't brother. get me wrong. Praying Pray for your brother. I
2: understand the power of prayer. That is not my yep. point here. I'm not saying nope. that that's not important. But I, I, I think you guys all know there's there's some situations there's some topics in church that people try to shy away from. They don't want to talk about it. Young people need to talk about those topics. And if you just try to give them a band aid, they will walk away because that's not what they're looking for.
1: Yeah. Just because. The Bible says so, or you got to have faith, aren't good answers. I'm just letting you know right it's now. It's just
2: it's not going to work for them anymore, no. and where they're at. They want to know the truth behind it. They want to know the context. They want to know why this is what it is and,
1: and here. And there's, the reason is because they have the ability to go into a a into the on, online and learn these things from untrustful. People from yeah. untrustful opinions and resources. So if you're not going to tell them, if we don't tell them, they're going to learn. They're going to find out an answer. And if that answer is not coming from a very biblical, very uh, a, a very sound um, uh, back from a backing or resource, then it's coming from who knows where. Right. And so, and that's where we're running into is the fact we're seeing people have all these exc- insane belief systems about. Various things simply because we are afraid to tell them the truth, now, the truth is biblical it may it they may not like the answer there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody said we had to tickle their ears as the Bible says we don't yeah. have to give them the answers they want they Correct. want but we just need to tell we just need to have an answer we need to have be able to answer questions that they are truly interested in knowing
2: yeah yeah and and I think if we if we shy away from that, it's going to do more harm than good. I think a lot of times we we think that we're doing the right thing. We think it, it's well intentioned when we tell someone, you know, just pray about it. Yep, it's well oh, yeah. it's oh. well intentioned when we tell you somebody, know. oh, you just got to have faith. And listen, I understand that to At a certain degree, you do you just, just have, have to have, have faith. faith. And I and I and <laughs> I tell fact. and I tell our young adults this. Yep. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm like, listen like I will I will answer as many yeah. questions and I will be there for you as much as I can but there is a certain point where you have to understand that you're just not no, going to understand no. everything there is about God. I can't do that for you. None of our pastors on staff can nope. do that for you. But there's a difference between letting someone know like hey, at some point you got to let this take over and just using that as a bandaid or a crutch or a placeholder for I don't really know the answer to this.
1: But that answer only works if they have a relationship with you. Correct. So that's been the issue with the church is the church hasn't had a relationship with young people, and yeah. so that answer works after you've already attempted and proven your authenticity and your willingness to listen and to help and to answer all the questions you possibly could, and they know that you, if you had the answer, if there was an ability within your ability to answer this question, that you would. But sometimes you're right. I've had I've had to get the same, and and I consider myself somewhat learned, but <laughs> but the uh, but regardless. I love that word, learned. Learned. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless how well-read, well-versed, well-anything you are, Pastor Chris, nobody has all the answers. And So sometimes it is a matter simply of, dude, you're just going to pray and trust the Lord. Yep. But I can't have that conversation with somebody who doesn't trust me. And right. Because, I mean, I'm just a face, a dude, a thing, going. some old guy going, dude, you're just giving me the – you mean run around? On yeah. What you're doing?
2: Which is another um, another one of the the points behind 4 one is it is about building relationship yep. with that age group because as much as they're they're looking for the truth and they're looking for something they can feel like they belong to, they're also looking for community. They're looking for people that care about them. I mean this this age group. Um, Deals with and there's a lot of statistics out there you can look up. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There, the suicide rates are wild. I mean, like you you hear about it in the news all the time. Yep, you know somebody who. And the reactions are always very, for the most part, seem very similar. Like, oh, we would have never guessed or we would have never known. But it comes from, a lot of times, these feelings of hopelessness and helplessness and nobody cares and nobody would miss me and like, all of these things. And so we, knowing that, we want to provide a place where not only can they find their calling, yeah. which is you know our ultimate goal, but we also want to provide a, a safe place for them to make friendships, build good, godly friendships and relationships because how important is that to your development as, as a Christian? How important is is that? Like if you don't have good, solid, godly influences around you, it's going to be really hard to make it. You, you need good friendships, good influences, people that are going to encourage you, people that are going to walk this path with you. And so we're very passionate about um, just doing things to kind of build, those relationships going having fun you know like doing things like you could you did you know you could have fun in church what
1: you can be a christian and have fun
2: it's crazy
1: no so a lot of our young adults are
2: are figuring that out you know and so just doing stuff to to have some fun and, and build relationship and put people in a place where they they can have that community and that camaraderie and also just finding uh, mentors and mentorship is, is so important. That's something yeah, it that, is, that, that we're very passionate about is, you know, you find somebody who is where yes. you want to be, who is, you know, a little bit further down the road than you and you get around them and build a relationship with them and, and, and Try to figure out like how do I get from from here to there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that obviously you don't you don't put anybody on a pedestal, but it, it's right. Yeah. It's important to have people that um, are reaching the goals that you want to reach. And like well, Paul talks
1: about that, yeah. He said you know he said model this after what I've done, and he'd never claimed to be perfect, but Correct. He said hey, at it, the very least, model after me. The, right. the ultimate model, of course, is that person who's the mentor is pointing them toward Jesus, right? Yeah. And uh and and I not getting ready to shut this thing down. And uh, we'll let Zach close it out here in just a moment, but he didn't <laughs> know he was closing out. But since he opened, he might as well close it out. But I will say, uh, say the, um, um, what you were saying earlier uh, rings true. We should be, all be excited. I'm excited about what's going to happen with 41 here in Connection Point Church. I'm excited about where uh, the future will be. I'm excited about seeing the future leaders that come up through 4-1 and, and to see how that impacts uh, our culture here and hopefully beyond here. And, um, and it's just as important as it is, I said earlier, for your, for your Elishas to make themselves available to the Elijah. Uh, you just kind of brought up a good point. Um, Paul sought out his Timothy. We have to have, I mean, every one of you should be mentoring. If you're if you're a Christian, every one of us in this room, we should have people we're mentoring on some level. There should be a little Michael running around and a little Zach and a little Darren. Nobody wants that. But... But the goal is, is for us all to raise up our Timothys, right? And, and we had to seek those out. Jesus went and sought disciples. They didn't come to him. He okay. sought the disciples. He went and found the disciples. Paul went and found his disciples. Um, and so that is our jobs as seasoned Christians and so if you think we're sitting here telling you because, you know, because we're sitting here talking about young people and how great young people are and can be in the Lord and how old people have messed this all up. See, hope you don't take that at all that way because you have the greater job. I mean, you guys have the job of being the ones who mentor these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young people out there just in this community alone. And you are the ones they're going to turn to. You're the ones I hope they turn to. I Mm -hmm. hope they're turning to our seasoned Christians looking for answers. And and I hope our seasoned Christians in our church and just at, at large as a Christian, I hope you are open to trying to help those guys and mentor those guys. Again, that doesn't mean you just tell them they're great and perfect and, you can do anything you want, Sparky. That isn't what that, isn't what that means at all. <laughs> and
2: don't call anyone Sparky. I won't. You say,
1: you say chief. <laughs> chief. Yeah, Chief. Yeah, you know, Chief. But, anyhow, but yeah, dude, I'm real excited about everything going on with Pastor Mike's, uh, Mike, Mike, Michael's ministry. Sorry. I just t- called you that, was, Nick.
2: that was dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just came, this is live, folks, sort of. It's live recorded. So anyways, but yeah, we're real excited about what's going to be coming down uh, and th- through the four one ministry and, and dude, it's a, I'm, it's a pleasure to do ministry with you, and I can't wait to uh, be serving with a bunch of uh, uh, with a with a with a group of young people. It's gonna be exciting.
2: Yeah, we're excited. So yeah, January fifteenth is our official launch, and then after that, we'll be every Sunday night at seven p.m. at CPC. So if you're a young adult in the area, eighteen yep. to thirty, come check us out. Come hang out with us.
0: Yeah. So with that, you know, I hope that was informative to you. Just a reminder that basically what we said is it is the church is the seasoned Christians to be the ones reaching out to the younger generation. So it is a, frankly, it's a lofty job. It is. And so as I said, this wasn't an accusatory message. It's really meant to inspire you that like as us, who have been Christians for a while to reach out. But at the same time, it's the job for those young people to seek as well. Cause it's yeah. not just like you said, it's not we're just there to pat them on the back. It's them to grow and follow as well because Elijah did not uh Elijah did not just pull on Elijah Elijah had to follow him so yeah. it's it's a it's a two-way street thing It is for sure. So anyway, with well, with that we'll wrap our uh Life on Point podcast here and we will see you next time.
1: We did a proverbial way. We suck. <laughs> <laughs>